Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. What's up? This is Michael Rapport. You are now listening to a brand new I Am Rapport stereo podcast on today's episode. Is it time for Lady Gaga to finally change her fucking name? Los Angeles public school teachers are on strike and standing in the rain and the NFL playoffs are all set. All that and more on a banging I Am Rapport stereo podcast. But before, before... I give it off to Miles and Jordan to play something real nice, something real funky. I have to say this. Paulie Shore is a stick man. The people have spoken. If you haven't listened to the last I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast, it's a fantastic episode. We had a fantastic guest with a fantastic interview with the iconic Paulie Shore. And during the interview... He humbly broke down when asked about some of his sexcapades during his run as an MTV VJ, a.k.a. The Wheeze, during the 1990s. And it came out that Paulie Shore was laying it down pound for pound. The man has been inducted into the Stickman Hall of Fame. That is correct. Paulie Shore has been inducted into the Stickman Hall. Hall of Fame, congratulations, congratulations. It was the first ever emergency inductation into the Stickman Hall of Fame. We're breaking all that shit down and more on a banging, 
brand new I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Now, Miles, Jordan, let me get something real nice, something real funky. All right. This is the Gringo Man Dingle. My name is Michael Rappaport, a.k.a. White Mike, a.k.a. Bird, a.k.a. The White Chocolatito. You are now rocking with the best. It's the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. If you've never listened to the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, this is a non-fact-checking, rough, rugged, and raw, raw dog without a bag, rough, rugged, and raw dog without a bag podcast. That is me uh, finger-pointing my desk. I am a reporting right here from the Gloom Tomb of California. The Gloom Tomb is the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast Studio. This is the Disruptive Behavior Network. Um, it is raining in Los Angeles, California. It is raining in Los Angeles, California, and it's the type of rain that if I was anywhere else in the United States, and I haven't been anywhere uh, everywhere in the United States, but the places I've been, Portland, Seattle, of course, New York, Chicago. I'm just bringing up places with, with you know, who are known to have uh, temperamental weather. Uh, if we were anywhere else besides Los Angeles, you wouldn't even mention that it's raining. But because it's raining lightly but consistently, it's not storming. It's not like hailing. Uh, it's just raining. Just a general rain 101. But because it's raining in Los Angeles, California, you think the fucking place is under siege. I, I mean, you wouldn't believe the kind of flooding in general neighborhoods, uh, main streets, uh, roads, basic fucking like, you know, everyday communities that takes place when it rains in Los Angeles, California. You, you, you would think the, the fucking world was coming to an end if you saw... Uh, how people are freaked out by the rain in Los Angeles, California. We are fine. Just fucking fine. I don't know who built this shithole. Because at the end of the day, Los Angeles itself, Los, Los Angeles, California, is essentially a shithole. Uh, what do you mean, Michael Rapport, uh, Hollywood, all that stuff? I'm talking about the, the, the city of Los Angeles. I'm not even talking about Santa Monica, uh, Pasadena, uh, Malibu, uh, Manhattan Beach, and I'm talking about like, just the city of Los Angeles. Um, in, in, in the Hollywood, Hancock Park, West Hollywood area. Let, let's just say that. Because I'm not even familiar with the whole place. But just that general sort of 10 to 12 mile, 10 maybe 20 mile. I don't fact check. I'm not a fucking uh, meteorologist. I don't do measuring. But the general vicinity that I'm in, the, the area that show business is king, it's a shit box. It's truly a shit box. There is nothing aesthetically appealing uh, and nothing aesthetically pleasing in the, the urban uh, part of Los Angeles, California. Why am I saying that? I'm just, I'm just informing the people who've never been here uh, what the aesthetic is. If you took away all the shopping and quote-unquote celebrities out here in this particular area, you you go, what the fuck is this? Like, why am I here? Like, if there wasn't all, like, the history and the monuments and Hollywood Boulevard, which is a fucking shitbox. I, I know I've discussed this before, but but let me let me explain. 
Hollywood Boulevard, you know where they have the the stars and the Walk of Fame, you know where they have the the Hollywood Walk of Fame with all the celebrities' names in the ground, is like Times Square in the 70s and 80s. You need to keep your fucking head on a swivel when you walk up there, especially after dark. They, it, it, it's truly like old school New York. It's like old school Hollywood. It hasn't changed. Yes, during the day, uh, you know, there's like, you know, there's some activity out there and all that stuff. But in general, if you go down a side street, you need to keep your fucking head on a swivel. It's a piss box. Uh, they arrested uh, Wonder Woman over the weekend. Uh, one of these people that walks around dressed up like uh, superheroes. They're all over the place and they all look like they've escaped uh, some sort of uh, a methadone clinic. Uh, one of them who dresses up as Wonder Woman, she was arrested uh, this week and it happens all the time. Superman was arrested a, a few times. I think he, he's got a drug history. I'm talking about the fake Superman. Um, we've seen Spider-Man, two actual Spider-Man get into fights in Hollywood Boulevard. This is not a place that you should actually be bringing your family. Uh, tourists do that because they don't know. But the reality is, is you shouldn't actually be going to Hollywood Boulevard with your family because you have superheroes getting into fistfights on the streets. And you know how a jarring and scarring and upsetting that could be to a young kid? They see Batman fighting Superman and pulling each other's costumes off. Imagine you're from, like, I don't know, Missouri, and you show up. And you're like, let's go to Hollywood Boulevard. And that's what you see. That's not something a, a, a child will, will ever forget. That's a, a scarring uh, thing to witness. Why did I bring up the weather? I don't even know. Oh, I think I brought up the weather because uh, a real crisis is going on here in Los Angeles. An actual real crisis um, that is not getting discussed nationally. But... The Los Angeles Public School, the Los Angeles Unified Teachers Association, or the Los Angeles, I don't know what the fuck it is, the Los Angeles teachers of the public schools are on strike. How did I know they were on strike? Because this morning when I was going to get my coffee at 8 o'clock, I drove past three schools, a middle school and two high schools, and the teachers were outside in the pouring Rain, and then of course, I checked the news and all that stuff. The teachers are on strike. This, this, unlike the fucking hustle and con that is being discussed at the border, this is a true blue national crisis. There are kids uh, who are without teachers, there are teachers who are on strike because they have up to 40 kids in a class, there's no nurses. They're without counselors. They're without librarians in Los Angeles. Okay? 40 fucking kids. Let me say 30 kids sometimes. 35 kids. Imagine imagine in this day and age with the ADD uh, kids in school. And you got one teacher. Now, when I went to public school, it was the same shit. Okay? I remember I was at Erasmus Hall High School. And I counted 37 kids in one class one day. 37 fucking kids in one class. And I was a pain in the ass just on my own. You have 37 
40, 35, 33 kids in one class and one teacher. They all have questions. They all have concerns. Talking about the students. This is, this is not, this, this can't be life. And, and that's just in Los Angeles. I am sure in every state, uh, public schools um, are, are, are fucked up like this. But the Los Angeles teachers have gone on strike for the first time in 30 years. These are true heroes. We all know being a teacher is a thankless job. And it shouldn't be a thankless job. It shouldn't be something you're doing uh, that's treated as if you're helping uh, starving kids in Africa. Do you know what I'm saying? Being a, a public school teacher in Los Angeles should be something that you're proud of and that you're rewarded. Now, listen, they're not going to make the same money that fucking Lady Gaga makes or Leonardo DiCaprio makes. And, and, and that's understandable. But it shouldn't be like a fucking ground and pound lifestyle. I have no idea how to fix it. I have no idea how it got this way. But that's a crisis. And they said they're ready to go for the long haul. So that means the kids are fucked. They've already been fucked. They're getting a half-ass education right here in Los Angeles, California. With all the actors, all the podcasters, all the big stars, all the celebrities right here in Los Angeles. But it doesn't affect us. It doesn't affect me. I'm fortunate enough to have sent my kids, well, one's in college, one's still in private school, to private school. So I don't know what it's like. I'm going to keep it funky. I don't know what it's like uh, uh, for these kids right now because I, I'm fortunate enough to do that because I, I knew what it was as far as the public schools here in Los Angeles. Um, but these, these teachers are vigilant. They are unified. There was hundreds of them out there. Look it up. Hundreds of them out there protesting and striking in the fucking rain. And they said they are about it, about it, and they ain't going anywhere. I stand with these teachers. I'm going to try to get more informed and do what I can uh, to, to support them. I don't know what I could do to support them yet, um, but I am going to do what I can to support them, uh, as, as we all should. I am Rappaport Podcast. NFL Conference Finals are here. We, we are uh, going to have two shootouts this coming Sunday. We are going to have exactly what the NFL has changed the rules for. We are going to have exactly what uh, my man Warren Sapp has been talking about all season long. Hopefully I'll have Sapp uh, come on the show later on this week. And break down these two games. We are going to have a freeway right down the middle, high scoring, high flying offensive showdowns this weekend with the Los Angeles Rams playing the New Orleans Saints. If you remember, the Saints beat the Rams earlier this year 45 to 35. And that, of course, was a fucking shootout, 45 to 35. I can't remember what week that was, but it was sometime in November. 
And the Patriots are playing the Kansas City Chiefs. The Patriots beat the Chiefs earlier this year, 43-40. to High-flying, high-scoring, offensive showdowns going into the NFL Conference Finals. Exactly what the NFL wants. And to be honest, exactly what all the fucking fans are going to love and are going to want. Ain't no Baltimore Ravens. It ain't no defense first. It ain't no Tampa Bay Buccaneers by my guy Sap, where the defense is everything. Of course, you need defense, but 45 to 35, 43 to 40, we can expect the same type of thing this weekend. And I will say this. I will say this about this past weekend's games. I am here to confess and acknowledge once again, I am glad the New England Patriots won. Some people are like, what the fuck are you talking about? And when I say some people, I got a lot of, it wasn't even criticism. People were confused. I got DMs like, what the fuck are you talking about? Rappaport, you're rooting for the Patriots? Yes, I was rooting for the fucking Patriots. I have no fucking allegiance to the San Diego Chargers. Of course I love Phillip Rivers. Of course I love my man, Melly Melvin Gordon. Love him. But I like the underdog and the way they were gearing it up. The New New England Patriots were being looked at like they were done, like they were finished, like they were cooked, like my man Julian Edelman was over the hill. And I, I, I have no allegiance to the Chargers. And I was rooting for the fucking Patriots and I was glad they beat the Chargers ass. I There I said it. There I said it. I said it again. Edelman was kicking them up and down the field, running, fighting. Julian Edelman is the real-life Rudy. He's really on that Rudy bullshit. Tom Botox Brady, he looks like his whole shit is Botoxed. He was precision. He was accurate. They go, oh, well, he didn't throw any. He only threw one passing touchdown. Who gives a shit? That's because the run was available. People find a way to criticize whatever the fuck they want to criticize. Okay? They won. They beat the shit out of the Chargers. Everybody was expecting the Chargers to win. I'm glad they won. Good. Fucking good. The Rams, of course, beat the Dallas Cowboys. Great. Jared Goff. Gurley. B. Cooks. I like the Rams. I support the Rams. I fuck with the Rams. Okay? I want to see the Rams do good. I, I, I don't claim any Los Angeles teams, which is why I am rooting for the Saints to win that game. Whoa, everybody, what the fuck is going on? I'm rooting for the Saints to win that game. And when Jared Goff comes back on the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, win, lose, or draw, I will tell him to his face, Jared Goff, I was rooting for the Saints to win that fucking game. Yeah, he'll be confused. And I'll explain it to him. I will explain it to him. Fuck with Sean Payton. Fuck with Alvin Kamara. Okay? That's who I'm rooting for. I have no real vested interest in any of these games. Except. Except. The Saints beat the Eagles and the fucking Eagles. They They were belligerent. They were tough. They didn't give up. But inevitably, they got sent the fuck home. I am on record. 
repeatedly talking about my love and affection for the city of Philadelphia, Rocky, Allen Iverson, Dr. J, World Be Free, The Sound of Philadelphia, Gamble and Huff, The Roots, all of it, all of it. I could go on and on and on and on, but I will never fucking truly want anything good to happen to the Philadelphia Eagles football team ever. I'm a New York Giants fan. Fuck the Eagles. I'm glad they lost. I'm glad they lost in dramatic fashion. Slick dick. Nick Foles. Bye-bye, asshole. Bye-bye. Them hoes ain't loyal. Now, you might wind up being a New York Giant. Who knows? We'll take you in New York. We'll take you in New York. But that Philadelphia stink will always be on you. I'm glad. Now go to fuck back to Philadelphia. Howie Long's son. And the rest of you fucks. Go get yourself some fake cheesesteaks. With fake steak. And cheese whiz. And stuff your fucking pie holes. Who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Let's go Saints. Okay? Fuck the Eagles. I fuck with Randall Cunningham. Love him. Brian Dawkins, love him. But the Eagles in general can kiss my fucking ass. How could you have so much Philadelphia love and Philadelphia Eagles hate at the same time? Listen, I ain't a math magician. Okay? And I ain't a mathematician. I ain't a math magician or a mathematician. So I can't tell you how we got to that equation. I am just telling you my reality, my truth, love Philadelphia, love the people of Philadelphia, love the fans of Philadelphia, Paulie, Apollo. You know my fucking, you know my pedigree when it comes to Philadelphia. But not the Eagles. No, 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 no. So bye-bye, assholes. So we have young Patrick Mahomes, the MVP of the regular season. In my opinion, I don't see how anybody else is going to get it. It's been ridiculous. Tyreek the Freak. Going against the inconsistent New England Patriots. I want the Patriots. People are like, what the fuck are you saying? I want the Patriots in the Super Bowl versus the New Orleans Saints. And then despite the fact, then despite the fact that Julian Edelman is my fucking guy. He's that King Jew status. Even though he's a half Jew. He's that King Jew status. If it comes down to the Saints versus the Patriots, I go with the Saints. Although I have to say, the Chiefs are going to be hard to beat. The game will be in Kansas City. It's going to be cold, which doesn't really affect the Patriots all at all. They're used to it. Uh, but that Chiefs offense, um, and then when the Chiefs offense starts cooking, the Chiefs defense... Uh, can play a little bit riskier, take some, uh, 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 you know, take some chances defensively. It's going to be tough. It's going to be fucking tough for the Patriots. It's it's going to be a shootout. It's going to be a great game. Um, and so is the Rams versus Saints. And this is why we watch. This is why we fucking play. I'm out of fantasy football. I'm done. I just watch the games. I put my fucking phone down. And watch the games. And, and, and I highly recommend that all of you guys do that too. And this is coming from a self-acknowledged 
phone, social media addict. That's who, that's who you're, you're listening to. A self-proclaimed, self-admitted addict. Okay? The, the, the first step to recovery is admitting. And I know I have a fucking problem. But when I watch these sports, when I watch these playoff games, when I watch NBA games that are important to me, I try to put the fucking phone down and just enjoy the game. The, the highlights don't give you the real feel of the game. They give you a highlight. We're desensitized, okay? These highlights desensitize us almost the way porn desensitizes us to sex. You see what I'm saying? It's a very similar thing. If all we're doing is watching porn and, you know, whatever you see in your porn, I don't know what you watch. Who knows what you watch? Watch what you want to watch if you watch porn. But listen, that shit could fuck with your brain. It could desensitize you. If all you do is watch highlights, Instagram highlights, and social media highlights, it desensitizes you from appreciating the game the same way porn could desensitize you from appreciating actual sex, actual love making. Now, one thing that I am very excited about the Super Bowl, I wish it was Outcast, a big boy from Outcast who never stopped, who does it for the love. Um, and who's never lost his passion to perform and to make music. Big Boy is going to be performing alongside of, who the fuck is it? Uh, uh, oh, oh, Travis Scott, who I, I, could, I know nothing about. I know I'm in the, 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 the very, very minority of the minority. I, I don't know who the fuck he is, nothing about his music. Um, I've tried to listen to it. it. It does absolutely, absolutely nothing to me. Sicko mode, none of that shit does anything for me. I try. I fucking try. But Big Boy is performing there. And I think more Atlanta rappers are going to continue to step up and perform. Jermaine Dupree uh, is sort of the musical supervisor of the whole thing. Of course, he's Atlanta rap, uh, Atlanta hip-hop royalty. And, and, you know, some people were saying that they should protest performing at uh, the Super Bowl to support Colin Kaepernick. You, you just don't understand anything by thinking that. You actually think that big boy who's from Atlanta, from the sticks of Atlanta, who grew up dreaming and wishing to become a, a rapper and a rap group with outcasts, makes it, makes it, Makes it, continues to make it, makes it fucking huge. One of the most influential, important groups of ever continues to make music solo. Is going to balk at an opportunity to perform at the Super Bowl in his hometown? Hell fucking no. You can support Colin Kaepernick and still perform at the motherfucking Super Bowl. Listen, Colin Kaepernick, he's on his own when it comes to shit like that. And I fuck with Colin Kaepernick. But no, yo, first of all, that's such a prestigious honor. Second of all, that's a dream come true. To somebody who grew up in Atlanta, in the sticks of Atlanta, makes it big, and they say, yo, you want to perform at the Super Bowl? There's no even consideration. And I bet you more motherfuckers from Atlanta, more rappers, more uh, 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 Atlanta uh, hip-hop dudes are going to get on the bill to rock and, in Atlanta. And you could still be like, I fuck with Kaepernick. This shit's crazy. Oh, let's ban the performance at the Super Bowl. What's the name of the group? Uh, fuck. 
Maroon 5. People say, oh, Maroon 5, you should step down to support Colin Kaepernick. Maroon 5 is like, I've heard of Colin Kaepernick. I don't even like football. Dude, big boy performing at the Super Bowl is, to quote the great Biggie Smalls, I never thought that hip-hop would take it this far moment. That's a moment for hip-hop. In another uh, moment for hip-hop, a little Yachty, or no, 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 little fucking Uzi Vert. I, I don't know the difference between little Yachty and little Uzi Vert. I believe little Yachty is the one who always has braids, who said he didn't know anything about Wu-Tang, and he didn't know any Wu-Tang Clan songs, I believe. I'm not fact-checking. And little Uzi Vert is the one who dresses up uh, in dresses. He actually wears dresses sometimes. Uh, little Uzi Vert, I think, I'm pretty sure it's him, he said he's quitting music. And uh, a lot of social media and Twitter were like, oh, no, uh, oh, stop, don't don't quit music. I'm saying, great, one down, uh, a bunch more to go because your music's trash um, and, and I have no problem. Like, you're quitting music, okay. Well, why don't you just quit the music and, and not say anything about it? Because you're not quitting music. You're going to be making music again. And as far as I know, as far as I'm concerned, uh, your music's, it's whack, Duke. So you're not missed uh, by me. Uh, uh, like, you, you, your music isn't going to go down in history. Like, oh, this is when Little Uzi Vert stopped making music and, and the world mourned. Um, uh, the, the group Ray Sherman, Ray Sherman, they had that one song, Black Beatles, Big song, great pop song. They said they're breaking up. I say the same thing. Who gives a shit? There's no fucking... This isn't like Tribe Called Quest breaking up or Outkast breaking up or Run DMC breaking up. It's not even the same fucking discussion, the same category, or Black Star not making any more music. Shout out to uh, Talib Kweli and uh, Most Def, a.k.a. Yasin Bey, or the artist formerly known as Most Def. This is, this is uh, Ray Sherman. whoop the fucking dude Listen, God bless you guys. Make your money. Continue making your money. Knock yourselves out. But if you break up, uh, so fucking be it. whoop the fucking do If Little Uzi Vert never records another fucking song again, the, it, it's not like the microphone will, will be grieving. Hip-hop will be just fine without fucking Little Uzi Vert ever making a song ever again. At least that's what I think. I don't know uh, Little Uzi Vert from Little Yachty to fucking Little Dick Stain. I don't know any of them. Could give two shits. I don't even try. If I hear a song that appeals to my ear aesthetically, I'll acknowledge it by any one of them. But thus far, I got nothing. I got Ugats. Jack shit. I am Rappaport Podcast. One other thing I want to say about the, the games, the Philadelphia Eagles... New Orleans Saints games. Alshon Jeffrey, one of the best receivers in the league. I believe he's only dropped three passes the entire season, which is, that's fucking nuts. Some guys drop three passes in one game. Um, He dropped that pass that slick dick Nick Foles threw. Went right through his hand. Mistake. But mistakes cost you. Mistakes cost fucking cost you. Why isn't Alshon Jeffrey being lambasted 
I mean destroyed the same way the Chicago Bears field goal kicker, Cody Parkay, or Parker. I don't know if his name's Cody Parkay or Park Parker. He was ridiculed, death threats, all sorts of fucking get out of town, you fucking miserable cocksucker. And it turned out that the Chicago Bears field goal kicker, that that field goal that he missed, that hit the the crossbar and then the whatever the thing hit, boom, boom, that sound, ding, ding, terrible sound. I mean, great sound if you're rooting against him. But terrible sound for him because it's like, I don't know, the metal's like hollow or something. Like, boom. You ever heard a field goal hit the, the crossbar? It's a fucked up sound. 55 yards away, and it hits the goalpost. Why isn't all Sean Jeffrey being lambasted and ridiculed the same way that poor prick field goal kicker is from Chicago? That's, that's my final thoughts on that because that motherfucker's been through hell all week. And when you saw the replay, his field goal kick was blocked. Alshon Jeffrey, who I'm a fan of, I've had him in fantasy football, dropped three fucking passes the whole season. He actually blew the game for the Philadelphia Eagles. That's, that's, the, fucking, that's the fucking reality. The ball went right through his fucking hands. And I'm sure he feels like shit. But no one is saying anything about that. You know what else no one is saying anything about? The other night, after the NFL games, it was Sunday night, Sunday the 13th, Steph Curry scored 48 points in a close game on the road versus the Dallas Mavericks, who are a tough team, a tough out. Of course, being led by their young star, Luka Donick. And just, you know, they're a good team. They're a very competitive team. Steph, Steph Curry scored 48 fucking points. 48 points. It wasn't a blowout win. I believe he made 11 three-pointers. Nothing. No fanfare. No celebration. No mention. It wasn't even like the top thing in sports when it comes to NBA. I don't get where we're headed. The, like the, the, the top highlight was a highlight from Luka Donick, who I, I know he's a young star. He's on his way to potentially maybe being the rookie of the year. Great. How are we taking for granted 48 points from anybody, let alone Steph Curry? Like, I know I'm a Warriors fan. I know I lean towards the Warriors. Hey, you brother, oh, you suck the Warriors off. Yeah, I know I suck the Warriors off. I love that fucking team. You want to make it graphic? Make it sexual? Say I suck them off? Yeah, I suck them off. That's where your mind is in the gutter? You sick fucks? Then you could say I suck them off. I just say I'm a fan. Okay? But the point is, is anybody scores 48 fucking points, it should be big deal. It should be, it should be top of at least the NBA stories of that day. And it wasn't. It was nothing. It's just like thrown in there. And Steph Curry scored 48 points. 48 fucking points. 11 three-pointers in one game. That should be big fucking headline sports news. Nothing. Not a fucking thing. Another thing no one's talking about, but I'm excited about. 
Saturday night, January 19th, going to be a good fight. Manny Pacquiao versus AB about billions. Adrian Broner or Broner. I believe it's on pay-per-view or it's on Showtime or maybe it's Showtime pay-per-view. I don't fact check. I don't, I'm, I don't fact check. I'm not, I'm not promoting the fight for anybody but myself. It's going to be a good fight. Manny Pacquiao is now 40 years old. Adrian Broner, let's just call him that. Adrian Broner is a talent, unrespected talent. He hasn't shown respect for his talent. He has shown respect for being famous. He's shown respect for this facade that he's a gazillionaire. You ain't a gazillionaire. You're a very, very, very good, accomplished fighter who's lost a lot of fights that you shouldn't have lost. Adrian Broner, Broner, whatever the fuck your name is. I'm a fan of his. But I do not respect wasted talent. But they are going to throw down. They are going to be throwing down on Saturday uh, someplace on Showtime or someplace on Showtime pay-per-view. I've been watching Showtime All Access. Pacquiao, of course, is trained by uh, Freddie Roach. We've seen this story year after year, fight after fight on All Access. HBO's 24-7. By the way, there's no more boxing on HBO. They shut that fucking division of HBO down. HBO boxing is done. Done. No more. No mas, to quote the great Roberto Duran. Sad, Jim Lampley, Larry Merchant, done. Bye-bye. Um, but I'm going to be watching that fight on Saturday night at, at the crib. I want Pacquiao to win. I want him to win. I'm a fan of his. I'm not a, a fan of Bronner because I just don't think he's lived up to, I don't think he's lived up to what his, his talent should have had him be. He should have been, like a more exciting, harder-hitting, more aggressive Floyd Mayweather. Instead, he gets out of shape, gets in trouble, all this bullshit, and he continues to do it. I'm going for Pacquiao, but I will not be surprised if Bronner wins. Um, I will not be surprised if Bronner knocks him out. That's what I just said. I will not be. Bronner hits fucking hard. Pacquiao's Pacquiao. It depends which Pacquiao shows up. If Pacquiao has not aged... He'll beat Bronner. If Pacquiao's aged, he could get knocked out by Bronner. I know that's like, well, what the fuck? Anybody could have said that, Mike Rapp. Well, listen. Do I, do, do, I, do I look like fucking Max Kellerman? Do I look like Paulie Malinaji? I'm just talking. Just here talking. Speaking of just talking, I need to call myself Mike Rapport, a.k.a. the Gringo Mandingo, a.k.a. the Segway King. I mean, that's a fucking segue. Speaking of just talking, I will be doing stand-up comedy at the Comedy Store tonight. January 15th, tonight, on the 10.30 p.m. show, and it's a big, good fucking show. Some other people that'll be on the, uh, the bill, Joe Rogan, my guy Brian Callen, Theo Vaughn, and a couple other Brendan Schaub's performing. I'll be right there in the fucking middle, bringing the motherfucking noise. The fifteenth of January, I'm also going to be at the Improv uh, 
the 16th, the Improv, the 17th, and the Laugh Factory on Friday this week, the 18th. If you're in L.A., come fuck with me. Come see me. I would love it. I love when I'm on stage and I hear people say the dingo or shout out Wheezy or make podcast references. It means so much to me. I feel like at least I got you there. At least I got some some in-house home team fans there. But it's been going good. But if you're in uh, in L.A., uh, come fuck with me any of those dates and um, try to find me. I'll give you a, 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 you know, whatever. We could take a flick or whatever the fuck you want if you see me. Just, just say, I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. I am Rapport Dingo. Whatever the fuck you want to see. Whatever you want to say. I, I appreciate it. So I was watching Blue Planet 2. Have you ever seen these Blue Planet shows, that, like the National Geographic? I believe this is one. It's not from the National Geographic. It's from the BBC, but it's on Netflix. Um, you know, it's all these nature shows. Uh, Richard Attenborough narrates it. It's like some Finding Nemo shit for real. And I watched just the first episode of the BBC's, no, Blue Planet did I say Planet Blue? It's Blue Planet. I watched the first episode of Blue Planet Season 2 on Netflix. And it fucked my head up for real. About three times that I could remember off the dome. It, 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 first of all, it looks fake. It's literally like some Finding Nemo shit. How they get so close to these tiny little fish and follow them around through their mating. How I mean, the first thing that blew my mind is they were watch, they had video footage uh, in the water and on top of the water, like a drone of dolphins surfing, literally surfing like surfers, like they're surfing through the waves. And they said the only thing that they've been able to uh, it's not like a mating thing. It's not like they're getting away from it. Dolphin surfing is purely for fun. Based on all the information and all the research they, they, they do, dolphins surfing the waves like they do is for fun. And, and, and the footage they have out of it, it's just, it's just crazy. It's incredible. The other thing that I saw that was fucking nuts... This, this one type of fish, and, and I'm not going to fact check it, and I probably couldn't pronounce it. This one type of fish, and it's a small fish. We're not talking about a whale or a shark or a dolphin. They follow this, this one fish from the coral reef, which is like the neighborhood. It, like, like the way they shoot these things, you get a whole other perspective. I know you guys are like, what the fuck are you talking about? I, I, hope, I hope I'm not boring you. But, but the, the, way, the way they shoot these things, you're able to understand the, the neighborhood if I could call it that, that all these fish live in. And this one small fish, every morning, it goes looking for a small certain kind of crab. It like travels, 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 all the way from downtown to uptown, grabs the crab in its mouth, brings it back to its little, little fucking shell that it lives in, and then they're watching this, this, this fish while it's holding it, the crab in its mouth swing the crab, which is obviously in a shell, against a little rock until it breaks open. And it's doing it over and over. And sometimes it'll fall out of its mouth. And, some, and sometimes it won't crack. And he's doing it over and over and over until the fucking 
crab shell, which is tiny, like I'm like the size of a quarter. If that, it's hard to get perspective on all this because the cameras are so close. You, you can't tell what the fuck is going because you're just like, how is the camera this close to this small little fish? It's just bugged out to watch. And then the most bugged out thing, and this is just all in one episode. I think it's like an hour and 15 minutes. I, I can't recommend this enough. Okay. Blue Planet. I think it's called Blue Planet 2 because it's season two on Netflix. This one kind of fish is a transgender fish. And you watch this fish, which is a Asian sheep's head racy. I think that's how you pronounce it. You watch this fucking fish literally go from a woman to a man fish right in front of your fucking eyes. I mean, it's one of the ugliest fucking fishes you could pop. pop. It looks like a monster. I mean, it looks like a deformed fish. It's like the elephant man of fish. And the fish goes into like it, it, its little shell, its little hole, its little like hiding place and will change from a woman, a woman fish to a man fish so it could pass on more genes as a male. They don't know why it happens. They don't know why it only happens to some of these female fish, but it happens and they capture the whole thing. And it's just wild. It's just wild to see. It's just bugged out because you're like, we think that our lives are so big and our lives are so important and that everything's right in front of us. I'm guilty of it 24 fucking seven. That everything revolves around the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast which a lot of it does, but not everything. A lot of it does, but not everything. Everything revolves around what we're upset about, what we're excited about, who's bothering us, our kids. There's a whole fucking world out there, and it's all part of our planet. And then, of course, they go up north showing further evidence of global fucking warming with these walruses, these beautiful walruses that are literally fighting Walruses, walrus mothers and their beautiful, fat, chubby, helpless walrus babies are fighting, pushing and shoving to find pieces of ice to lay on. And the only thing I could think about when I was watching uh, that part is where the fuck is Leonardo DiCaprio? When is Leo going to actually fix global warming? Because I feel like Leonardo can do it. Of course, Dick Stane, Donald Trump. He, he thinks that global warming doesn't even exist. You look at these fucking walruses, they don't even have a, a, a piece of ice to lay on. That's a fucking national crisis. That's a worldwide epidemic. These fucking walruses, these animals that are a part of the ecosystem, they're going to go extinct. I, I, all I'm going to say is this. If you have Netflix, uh, I highly recommend uh, uh, Blue Planet 2. There's like eight episodes. The first episode fucked my head up uh, top to bottom. Another thing that I'm doing, which I'm pumped up about, and I know some of you fans are like, uh, what are you talking about? I know some of the listeners are like, what? Uh, yeah, I, I, on the 27th, January 27th, I'll be on Watch What Happens Live. They're filming in Los Angeles. Andy Cohen's coming out here. He's having a baby. Um, they're filming a bunch of episodes out here. I'll be on Watch What Happens Live with NeNe Leaks. 
okay, who if uh, I consider Bethany Frankel the Michael Jordan of housewives, Nene Leakes, uh, Nene Leakes is, is like the Kobe or LeBron of housewives. So in my opinion, you know, uh, she's number two to Bethany's number one, but some people might say she's number one to Bethany's number two, if you get what I'm saying. I'm pumped up about it. Okay? I'm pumped up about it. Now, I'm not as pumped up. See, Segway King, Michael Rapport, a.k.a. the Gringo Mandingo, a.k.a. the Jake LaMotta of podcasting, a.k.a. the Segway King. I'm not as pumped up. And I'm really pumped up, but I'm not as pumped up about being on Watch What Happens Live with NeNe Leakes as Lady fucking Gaga was winning her Film Critics Award the other night for A Star Is Born, which, listen, I, I really don't like to shit on movies. And, and not that I'm shitting on A Star Is Born. A Star Is Born is okay. It, it's, it's a fine movie. It's good. It's entertaining. But this is not some groundbreaking movie. No disrespect to Bradley Cooper. Okay, I know how hard it is to make a film. I know how hard it is to write and direct a film and to even act in it. But this movie is not all that. And Lady Gaga, who, who didn't win the Golden Globe and who looked like she was going to shit herself when Glenn Close won, she tied for Best Actress at the Critics' Choice Awards the other night. And it's so over the top. It's so like, um, you know, br- uh, crestfallen and, and like, oh, oh. Everything's like, like a 1940s, like, oh, whispering. And she's crying and she, she's so humble to be there. But then she, she whips out her piece of paper to thank everybody. And her and Glenn Close tied this time. So Glenn Close beat her at the Golden Globes. And some, for some fucking reason, the Critics' Choice Awards has ties. They also had a tie with Patricia Arquette and Amy Adams in the Best Actress in a TV Show Award. Ties? The fuck is this, man? That's like a fucking tie in the NBA. The fact that there's ties in the NFL is, is embarrassing. There should be no ties in high-level sports, and there should be no ties in high-level award shows. Pick a fucking winner. Give me a fucking break. But of course, Lady Gaga, when she went up there, Glenn Close, she, she just let her speak. Lady Gaga's like huffing and puffing and, oh, oh my God, and Bradley, thank you for this. And you've written me the role of a lifetime and this character that I created. Fucking take it, fucking. You ain't fucking Jake LaMotta. You didn't create Jake LaMotta. You didn't create Rocky Balboa. You didn't even create the character that Glenn Close created in Fatal Attraction. No one's going to be talking about A Star is Born in a month. I don't care what awards you win. That movie ain't all that. They got fucking signs on on Sunset Boulevard here in Los Angeles. Not with Lady Gaga. With with Lady Gaga's image and her character's name. I think it's Allie. It just says Allie. And it's a picture of her in the movie. I'm like, what the fuck do you think this is? There was no uh, signs up there that said Jake when Robert De Niro was up for best actor playing Jake LaFuckin'Mana. Here's a clip of Lady Gaga going on and on about working with Bradley Cooper. Bradley, you are a magical filmmaker. And you are just as magical of a human being. 
I have never had an experience with a director or an actor like I had with you, and I will cherish it forever. You seamlessly were both the love of my life and the man behind the camera. I mean, this is like, I mean, did you guys cure cancer? Take it fucking easy, lady. I guarantee you Bradley Cooper is like, I just, I can't wait for this ride to be over. I, I've been doing this for over a year now, dealing with her and all the crying. And she probably gets gifts. She probably sends him things. She's probably texting him and like, you know, we're in this together. And thank you so much for creating this character with me and being there with me and helping me conquer all my fears. Get the fuck out of here. Lady Gaga. You're pushing 40. You still go by the name Lady fucking Gaga? Come on. Come on. What's your real fucking name? Let's, let's, let's start going by a real name. Lady Gaga. Gaga. What the fuck does that even mean, Lady Gaga? How did she even... I mean, she's talented as fuck. I'm not gonna... I, I, I fuck with Lady Gaga. But just don't take yourself so seriously, Lady Gaga. I also watched this show over the weekend on MTV called Made in Staten Island that people from Staten Island are protesting about because they are saying that it tarnishes the borough of Staten Island. And I have to say this, no disrespect to the Wu-Tang Clan, no disrespect to, um, I don't know, I know one person, my guy Scotty Ruggs, that lives in Staten Island. He's not even from Staten Island. Um, but you can't tarnish Staten Island any more than it's already been tarnished. Staten Island has tarnished itself. I have said openly and adamantly that Staten Island shouldn't even be considered one of the five boroughs. It is a shithole. Okay? It is a piss pot. People from Staten Island shit all over Staten Island. That's how Pete Davidson of Saturday Night Live fame got famous for his jokes about his own home borough, Staten Island. There's no TV show on MTV that is going to tarnish the already tarnished image of Staten Island. So let the people see what all the hype is about. Staten Island is a piss pot. There is nothing appealing. There is no curb appeal about Staten Island. There is nothing dope, nothing sexy, nothing fly about Staten Island. The only thing that people from Staten Island want to do with their life is get the fuck out of Staten Island. I give Made in Staten Island, the new MTV show, two thumbs up because it depicts the shithole that is Staten Island very realistically. To add insult to injury. This is a soul sick fuck of the week on this here I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. And this is a good one. After the fucking Philadelphia Eagles lost the fucking game to the New Orleans Saints. A sick fucking Philadelphia Eagles fan went back to his hotel with his girlfriend, roughed her up inside of their best Western hotel in Hanover Township, Northampton County. And then, to make matters even worse, this sick 
fucking Philadelphia Eagles fan put his girlfriend's dog inside the microwave oven and tried to cook the little fucker? Wait, 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 wait. I'm reading this wrong. These were two women. A woman did this to her girlfriend's dog. Kirsten J. Gaskins of Philadelphia was charged with simple assault and harassment plus cruelty to animals and possession of drug paraphernalia. I would not be surprised if she was on that bath salt or that heron. She was arraigned in court and released on $20,000 unsecured bail. I have to say, who the fuck is this judge? This woman beat her girlfriend up and then microwaved her fucking dog, raised bail and is out on the streets? Lock the fucking dogs up. Lock your animals up. There is a sick fuck roaming the streets of Philadelphia all because of her team's loss. Shame on you, Judge Robert Hawk and Kirsten Gaskins of Philadelphia. Congratulations for being the sole Philadelphia Eagles sick fuck of the week. Finally, James Todd Smith, a.k.a. LL Cool J, 51 years old. Salute, happy birthday, icon, legend, true blue icon, true blue legend, true blue pillar of hip-hop. I believe when his first song came out, which is I think I need a beat, he was 15 or 16. He turned 51 years old the other day. Guy's been famous since he's 16. Let's just say 16 years old. Needs no introduction. Still rocking as an actor. Will still shit on your favorite MC of any genre. Happy birthday, LL Cool J. James Todd Smith. Ladies still love Cool J. All right, what more can I say? What more can I say? I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. This was about 55 minutes of fire. You know where to find us. If you want to email us, I am Rappaport Podcast at gmail.com. You could follow the podcast at I am Rappaport. And I am on all social media platforms at Michael Rappaport. Miles Jordan, please take us out of here with something real nice, something real proper, but most importantly, something real funky. <laughs> <laughs>